0: Welcome to This Week in Brattleboro History,
1: produced by
0: the Brattleboro Historical Society and the Brattleboro Area Middle School.
1: There are certainly different ways to measure this, but it could be said that this summer is really the 250th anniversary of functional town government in Brattleboro. The town of Brattleboro was chartered as part of the New Hampshire Grants in 1753, European settlement took hold in the region after French-Indian war hostilities ceased around 1760. Then in 1764, the King of England fixed the boundary between New Hampshire and New York at the Connecticut River and the grants of land established by the New Hampshire colony came into question.
0: As a result, 20 settlers in the area petitioned the New York colony for township recognition. New York Governor Moore granted the township of Brattleboro and this area began to function as part of the British colony of New York. To complicate matters, in 1767, the King of England ruled that New York authorities could not harass people who produced a valid land deed from the New Hampshire government. This meant that deeds granted by both New York and New Hampshire were considered valid, even if they were in conflict with one another. People on the west side of the Green Mountains who had valid New Hampshire land deed grants were harassed by the Albany, New York government, which led to violence in the establishment of the Green Mountain Boys.
1: Leaders on this side of the Green Mountains petitioned the New York government to establish a new county. It would basically govern itself under New York jurisdiction. The thought was the animosity between New York land speculators and residents of western New Hampshire grant towns could be avoided here if the local government was controlled by local men. In 1768, Cumberland County of New York was established by royal decree. This county included Brattleboro and much of what became southeastern Vermont. Local man Samuel Wells was appointed judge, and local man John Arms was appointed sheriff for the New York county.
0: Understandably, there was confusion about which government body should be followed. By 1768, a meeting house for the fledgling settlement was built on what is now Orchard Street. There were a few local meetings held at the Arms House, where the retreat farm is now, in 1768 and 1769, but the minutes of those meetings are limited, and it is unclear how many of the townspeople participated in the decision-making process.
1: In early July 1770, the settlers of the town met in the meeting house, and voted to hire a minister who would split his time between Brattleboro and Guilford. This event, occurring 250 years ago, was the beginning of the Congregational Church in Brattleboro. It was also one of the early examples of taxation for the good of the community.
0: According to various accounts, in 1770 there were 75 grown men in Brattleboro. 69 of them signed on to the agreement between the first minister and the town. The entire population of the town was around 400. It is worthy to note that one woman also signed the agreement, Susanna Arms. She was the wife of the county sheriff, who had recently been killed by a horse in his barn. Mrs. Arms was a prominent landowner, operator of the local tavern, and supervised the post office. Upon reaching adulthood, her son took over these responsibilities.
1: The agreement to permanently hire the first minister of Brattleboro was the first governmental action which seemed to include the majority of the population. Remember, in 1770, only landowning adult men were expected to participate in government decisions. The first reverend was paid a salary of 50 pounds. One-third of his salary was paid in New York colony currency. The other two-thirds were paid in goods and services by community members. Establishing and maintaining roads and religion were the beginnings of town government.
0: Cords of wood, pigs, and other merchantable produce were used to pay two-thirds of the minister's salary. The town also granted the minister more than 200 acres of land in the middle of Brattleboro.
1: Reverend Abner Reeve began preaching on Meeting House Hill in 1770. A covenant between landowners had been formed, and all who subscribed to the covenant agreed to pay the salary of Reverend Reeve. Abner Reeve preached in Brattleboro until 1794. The salary of the minister was paid by the town government through the collection of taxes until 1803. It was then that the local separation of church and state began.
0: Much of the information for this story comes from the Mary Cabot book Annals of Brattleboro and a 1970 Reformer article written by Barbara Warden.
1: On another note, The recognition of Juneteenth has come and gone, and it got us wondering if there was a local connection between the holiday and our community. As it turns out, on June 19, 1865, 17 African Americans credited to Brattleboro during the Civil War were traveling through Texas when U.S. Major General Gordon Granger arrived in Galveston, Texas, to proclaim that all slaves are free. His proclamation included... An absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves.
0: The Civil War had effectively ended with the surrender of Robert E. Lee in April 1865, but Confederate troops fought on in regions where there was not enough Federal troop presence. General Granger had been dispatched to Texas along with a large contingent of Union troops to quell simmering Confederate sentiment and put an end to slavery.
1: The 17 African American soldiers were serving in the 45th Colored Regiment, and the regiment was part of the Union force sent to Texas to stamp out slavery and bring order to the region. When General Granger was reading his proclamation to Texans, the 45th Colored Regiment was traveling up the Rio Grande to be stationed about 380 miles south of Galveston near the Texas-Mexico border.
0: The names of the 17 African-American soldiers serving in the Civil War for Brattleboro and traveling through Texas on Juneteenth Day are Daniel Jones, Edmund Brown, Frank Benton, Lawrence Newhall, Reuben Collins, Harvey Baylor, Haysworth Matthews, Andrew Johnson, James Lancaster, Henry Lewis, Benjamin Loney, Jefferson Gillespie, William Jensen, Jacob Samuel, James Wilson, Beverly Taylor, and Edward Patterson. They served in Texas until November 1865 and brought freedom to many enslaved Americans. This information comes from research done by Brattleboro Area Middle School students.